Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, we are covering uh, a chapter, um, some of the sections of this with the Noble Quran, which is Sheikh uh, Khalil Husari's kitab and book that um, uh, is, is, is published, insha'Allah. So, when he's speaking about the etiquette of reading the Quran, uh, number nine was he says that while reciting, one should abstain from anything that violates or diminishes the sanctity of the Quran. So while we're sitting, we don't want to do anything that violates that, that just is inappropriate for that. Whether that be laughing around, okay, fooling around, joking around with somebody while we're reading Quran, it just doesn't look good. Because the Quran is something to be serious and solemn about, probably a state of melancholy, right? So you don't want to fool around and you don't want to start speaking to others without, uh, without necessity. And likewise, checking your phone every once in a while or something like that. He says, doing so constitutes a lack of respect for the Qur'an, for if one were to interrupt his conversation with someone, to speak to someone else of Allah, like let's just say that I'm speaking to you, and then in the middle I just kind of turn to somebody else and start talking to them. You're going to be feeling left out. Now Allah is never going to feel left out, but it's still bad what we're doing. If the impression is very, very, very bad. Also, continuity while reciting the Quran is part of the beauty and splendor of the Quran. To do it, con you know, to do it in a continuum, right? Which is lost when such continuity is interrupted. Such an inter interruption takes away from the beauty of the Quran, which is why it is considered reprehensible. If there is a need to speak, okay, you know, such as if the reciter gets confused and forgets the ending of the verse that he's reciting, if he's re reciting uh, by heart, for example, then there's no harm in asking someone near to them. Right about that. Similar, similarly, if the reciter intends to stop at a specific word but does not know if it's permissible to stop at that word or they want to ask a meaning of that word, they don't understand what it means or something, then of course that's all related and that's fine. Okay, that's all related and that's fine. So that was number nine. Number ten, he says, if one yawns, now sometimes you know, shaitan brings on a yawn. Okay, it is recommended. And, you know, you help the shaitan to bring in on a yawn by being tired and not sleeping enough sometimes, right? He says, it is recommended to stop reciting because one is speaking to their Lord and yawning is from the shaitan. So you don't want to be reading, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, and, uh, and then, you know, you start yawning in the, uh, with your reading. You want to just stop because, and try to cover yourself, you know. Uh, Mujahid, the great... Uh, commentator of the Quran, early one, he said, if you yawn while reading the Quran, you should stop reciting out of reverence for the Quran until the, your yawn ceases. Likewise, if one sneezes while reciting, it is recommended to say Alhamdulillah, because that's remembering Allah. So, you, even when you yawn, you can say, La hawla wa la quwata illa billah, stop and say, La hawla wa la quwata illa billah, which is the dua for, you know, after you yawn. And likewise, if you sneeze, you say Alhamdulillah, and then you know, Yarhamukallah to somebody else and so on. So all of that you can do um, while you're reading if somebody, if that happened in front of you. Number 11, it is preferred to recite the Quran in order. This is a very, very important point. For example, if one completes Surah Al-Nahl, then it is recommended to, to recite Surah Al-Isra after it, right? Usually try to maintain the order of the Quran in your recitation unless you've got a very specific reason to do otherwise, okay? One should definitely do this whether or not they are offering prayer. This is because there is wisdom in the arrangement of the text of the Quran. So one should maintain that order when reciting it. 
Now, where is there an exception? There, is an, there are some exceptions to this. Is where the sacred law stipulates otherwise. For example, in the morning prayer on Friday, right? One should recite Surah Al-Sajdah. As you know, the Prophet used to recite Surah Al-Sajdah in the first rakah. And then many, many, many juz down, he used to read in the second rakah Surah Al-Insan. And there's no continuum between them because he missed out all of those surahs in between. But there's a specific reason for that and that's why he did that. So that's fine. If the Sharia tells you to do something like that, well, we put our hands up and that's it. In the Eid prayer, one should recite Surah, surah Al-Qaf in the first rakah and Surah Al-Qamr in the second rakah. And nowadays that would be a bit too much, I think. I've never seen anybody do that because relatively long that would be. Right? Or Surah Al-A'la in the first and Surah Al-Ghashi in the second, a lot of people do that. That's the shorter one, right? Sabbihisma in the first one, Hal Ataka Hadithul Ghashi in the second one. If one goes against the, of the Quran and recites a chapter that does not follow the one before it, right? So you, you recite a chapter and you recite one before it, or recites a chapter and follows it up with a chapter that precedes it, it is permissible. I mean, that's not haram, right? It is permissible. But it just goes against the best practice. It's not. It's suboptimal. It's not best practice. That's all. It's reported from Umar radiallahu anhu that he recited Surah Al-Kahf in the first rakat in the Fajr prayer. Mashallah, Surah Al-Kahf. Imagine how long that was. Must have taken him at least fifteen minutes in that first rakat, at least. And Surah Yusuf in the second. That's another fifteen minutes, at least. The Prophet sallallahu recited Surah Al-Nisa. In the first rakat of a prayer, while recite Surah Ali Imran in the second, he's going backwards. Surah Al Nisa comes after Surah Ali Imran, but he did this to show that it's permissible to do so. So it is fine, but it's not the usual habit and it's not the usual recommendation. Now, this of course applies to whole chapters, like whole surahs only. That would be fine because they're self contained. It's okay if you did one from here and then you did one before it, that could be tolerable. It is not permissible though to recite verses within a chapter out of their proper order. That's wrong. So you're jumping. Right? Or you're reading from here and then you're reading from some verses before that of the same chapter. That would not be right. Okay. He says that you can refer back to chapter 7 where we've already mentioned this point in more detail. Right? We've not covered that, but it's there. It's in more detail there. Okay. Number 12, right? Reciting the Quran from a Mus'haf. This is interesting. A physical copy of the Quran. Should you do it by heart or should you do it from a Mus'haf? He's saying that recite the Quran, reciting the Quran from a Mus'haf is superior than reciting from memory. Why is that? Well, because looking at the text of the Quran in itself is an act of worship as well. You get reward for looking at the Quran. In this way, one attains the virtue of both reciting and looking. It's reported that the Prophet ﷺ said, Give your eyes their share of the worship. Indulge everything in your worship. The companions asked, what is their share of worship? He replied, looking at the Mus'haf, reflecting on its contents and taking heed from its wonders. Imam Bayhaqi and others have related this. And it's been confirmed that many of the companions preferred reciting the Quran from a Mus'haf and would dislike letting a day pass by without having looked at one. Subhanallah. So, you know, you may read some uh, Quran every day in Salat, but if you don't actually look at a Mus'haf and read something from it. Of course, if you're trying to memorize, then that's different. Imam Qurtubi said, the benefits of reciting from memory is that it strengthens one's memorization. 
which is more inducive to reflecting on it. The benefits of reciting from a mushaf though is that it helps to confirm that one has not made a mistake by adding or omitting a letter or by putting a verse in the wrong place. Abu Musa radiallahu used to say, I am ashamed if I do not look at the covenant of my Lord at least once a day. So there's benefits in reciting uh, in, by memory as well because it helps you to memorize. And of course, uh, standard is that you look at the Quran. Okay, number 13. If one recites from the middle of a chapter, it is best to start at the beginning of a story. So you know when you start in the middle of a surah somewhere, don't just start at any verse, especially for those people of us who don't understand it. Try to start from the beginning of a story. And for the Indo-Pak Qur'ans that we have, which we have the Ruku, those are very useful for people who don't understand because then they can start from there because that's the start of a new theme. Otherwise, if you see that there's a new discussion of a prophet coming up or something like that, start from there. Try not to just start from any verse whatsoever, or stop at any verse for that matter. Start somewhere um, and stop somewhere where it's the end of a theme, end of a cluster of verses, end of some kind of uh, context or chapter. Okay. Now, in this book, he actually gives you common places where people make mistake, where they keep stopping. And one of them, he says, is don't stop at the end of the fourth juz and not carry on at wal muhsanatu min nisa because those two verses are very, very deeply connected. Right? And don't start reading the fifth juz at wal muhsanat start from Hurrimat Alaykum in the previous chapter 4 or start from وَمَنْ لَمْ يَسْتَطِئْ مِنْكُمْ دَوْلًا right for example so he gives you all of these suggestions there and finally um, he gives you suggestions of what to say at particular places in uh, point 14 he says that at the final verse of Surah At-Teen أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ بِأَحْكَمِ الْحَاكِمِينَ we it's recommended to say بَلَى وَأَنَا عَلَى ذَلِكَ مِنَ الشَّاهِدِينَ of course because Allah says here is Allah not the fairest of judges? So then we say, of course he is. And I am a witness to that. At the end of Surah Al-Qiyamah, it's rec recommended to say, Bala huwa al-qadir, huwa qadir. Of course, he is definitely able. He is definitely able. At the end of Surah Al-Mulk, it's recommended to say, Allahu Rabbul Alameen. Allah is the Lord of the worlds. And when reciting Surah Al-Rahman, every, every time somebody recites, which then of your Lord's blessings do you both deny? One should say, uh, I've mentioned that in listening, right, as well. We do not deny any of your blessings, our Lord, all praise belongs to Allah. And then, after reciting, uh, verse 50, it's recommended to say, I believe in Allah. And when you recite Sabbihisma Rabbikal A'la, one should say three times Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, Glory be to my Lord the Most High. And then uh, when reciting Fa'alhamaha Fujuraha wa Taqwaha, Surah Al-Shams, verse 8, one should say Allahumma ati nufusana taqwaha wa zakkiha anda khayru man zakkaha anda waliyuha which means Allah give our souls their piety because you know that verse is about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying that Allah has inspired every soul with its good and bad right with the piety and righteousness and with the evil so we are then making dua oh Allah give our souls their piety purify them 
you are the best one to purify them, you are their guardian and their master. Okay, and then he says, when reciting, Musa alayhi salam stories mentioned there that he made this statement, he made this dua, verse 114 of Surah Taha, say, Lord, increase me in, in my knowledge. And at the end of Surah Al-Baqarah, where we have the dua, Fansurna ala al kafirin, say Ameen. Oh Allah accepts. So these are some of the interactions that he suggests that you can have with the Quran. You can check the book out, page uh, 99 and page 100. He discusses all of these there. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to observe this etiquette of uh, reading the Quran. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from us and take us high and illuminate us and elevate us through the Quran. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam, and to understand all the subjects of Islam at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our Deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules. And at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.